Here at So Here's the Thing, we value participating in your local community. Last season, we did a land acknowledgement before every episode, and although our intention was to honor indigenous communities where we live, because we are a digital publication, not everyone listens from the same tribal land. This season, we are taking 25% of our profits from ads and Patreon and donating it to the Duwamish tribe through Real Rent Duwamish. We encourage you to use the website native-land.ca to look up your local tribes and find ways to forge authentic relationships and donate to them directly. So here's the thing. With Grace and Carly. This week's episode, episode two of season three, Ooh. is all about queer baiting. Um, it is a conversation that Carly and I have been having a lot on our own. Yes. Um, and we wanted to share our thoughts with the public as well as get some of your opinions, which we did this past week. Thank you to everyone who responded yes. to our Instagram polls. Before but we first, get into that, though. Cookies. Cookies. Um, Special shout out to Crumble Cookies yes. this week. Thank you, Crumble Cookies, for sponsoring us for twenty four dollars worth of cookies. Basically, influencers, Grace. <laughs> yes, you know it's kind of a big deal. It's actually. a big deal. Um, um, we got these cookies for free. They have been really, really generous in engaging with our content too. When we tag them, it's been very nice. I don't know who works on the social media team at Crumble Cookies, but thank you for this. Yes, I feel like we are probably not famous enough for you guys to be doing that kind of legwork on our content. But thanks, and we're going to keep this doing week it. Is sponsored by Crumble. This cookies. week is sponsored by Crumble Cookies. Thank you guys. Um, they gave us a voucher for six free cookies, so we're actually doing more this week. Um, Don't get we used normally to this do. Before. I'm gonna try and show these off as well as I can without tossing them over the edge. Okay, this Carly, one yeah. here that melted um, is chocolate caramel. For those on the audio, it is dripping with caramel. Uh huh. This one is their classic milk chocolate chip, which we've never actually had. Yeah, we've never actually had the milk chocolate we've chip. Never we always get the fun ones. Six. Um, and then we have chocolate covered strawberry because it's Valentine's week. Yeah. What? What? Um, and then we have confetti. Valentine's confetti. Yep. Um, and then original featuring M&M candies, Valentine's. So that looks like it is just like the regular chocolate chip, but with but Valentine's with candies. Valentine's M&M's. Great. And then this bottom one over here is New York cheesecake. Ah, okay. So, they all look times. quite delicious. Hopefully you've hopped on over to our social Whoa. media and have seen how gorgeous these cookies look before yeah. listening to the episode. So, so excited. Let's get to cutting these, and I'm gonna try to do a better job than last time. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say we should do the caramel one last because it's gonna, gonna be, be sticky. The messiest. These ones, these three, the the confetti one, the chocolate chip one, and then the M M&M and chocolate chip one seem the easiest. They do seem the easiest, so we're just gonna just gonna go in. I mean, the tough thing is they also have the little bits, but it's not too terrible to cut. Well, that's good. This one is going to be really easy. I'll cut the easy one. Okay. Yay. Well, that's something. Oh, you're cutting all of them. I think... Yeah, okay, you go for it, Grace. I'm going to just go for it. <laughs> Don't break the table. <laughs> I am going to try so hard little... not to break the table, but... There you go. Crafting table. It's kind of hard. You did it. You totally nailed you do the it. I want to do the one. easy one. Is it funfetti or confetti? I think it says confetti. Well, that's boring. But I'm pretty sure tomato, tomato. 
I don't know the difference between confetti and funfetti. Right. I guess confetti isn't typically edible. I'm gonna do cheesecake next. Cheesecake. It's the most. I don't like cheesecake. So again, simple and flavor one palette. In here that I'm oh my god! What does keep happening to me? Oh, oh my god! Okay, send That's that how back you know in there. Sticky and delicious. Great. Glad to hear it. <laughs> I also don't love cheeks cheesecake, but I like it better now than when I did when I was younger. But the unfortunate mm. part is that now I really can't have too much of it because I'm lactose intolerant. Cheese. Yep. So I just um, started liking it just in time. That is a major bummer. Chocolate covered strawberries. That's I'm most excited about this one. Me too. And what, this what did we say? One. The fruit flavors. Fruit flavors. The fruit flavors are their are best always. always. Delicious. I mean, Thank who you knows? For the fruit. This might prove us wrong. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't have more like fruit. Like a compote fruit. Yeah. To for, well, and like just a different fruit flavor one for Valentine's Day. I just kind of expected them to. I don't know. Chocolate strawberries, like. It's classic. No, I. this is totally classic for the fruit Ooh, flavor. I just, it have been fun if they had like a rose one? Well, and that's what I mean is like I thought they may, but they would have had a few other. I mean, they're like pink. Fruit varieties. But I really that's just made fine. you do all of these. Have fun. It's fine. This one. Oh. Ah! It's that side. It's that side. It's it's sticky for some reason. It doesn't work. I don't know what it is. This little cutter machine thing yeah. doesn't do exactly what we want it to do. Look how good these little slices are. All right, which one are we doing first? Oh, I don't classic. know. Classic. We take the classic guy. Classic. Okay. Yeah, it's a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. Pretty classic. Oh, if you got... Mm. <laughs> you guys did a good job. No tea, no shade. It's tasty. The chocolate chips are definitely milk chocolate chips. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I am a, in a cookie, I'm a dark chocolate kind of person. Mm. Um, I don't know if I care. But it's good. Soft, moist, yeah. can't complain. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good cookie. It is classic, but if I'm going to spend $4 on a cookie? Probably not this one, but... And lots okay, so of this the is other the first ones. time that we're doing it. Yeah. So. It was all right. I'm going to try the confetti one. Mmm, confetti. Confetti! Please, I can't eat these as fast. That is? A sugar cookie. Yeah, this is a sugar cookie. Thank you, again, Crumble Cookies. Mm. We really do appreciate you giving us the voucher. But mm -hmm. this is... A sugar cookie. It's a sugar cookie. It's, it's a good, a good sugar cookie. Yeah. Tastes good. It's crumbly. It's like a little, almost sandy. It's almost like, like a butter cookie meets a sugar cookie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I'm not mad about. No, it does taste very good. Mm-hmm. The um, confetti doesn't add anything though. I will say, it just adds a little tiny bit of color. No, that's about it. Valentine's. Happy Valentine's Day. All right. We Let's do, do this one. Okay. Let's do the cheesecake. We'll one. do the cheesecake one. Okay. Because then I have other ones. Why did I grab a big piece? Huh? I don't know. I watched you do that. I was like, why is she... It was the one that was on top of the other one, and I felt like you needed to stop touching each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, as something that's supposed to taste like cheesecake, I think that it is good. Like, it actually just tastes like cream cheese frosting, and so I don't hate it. Because... It's more cookie part than cream cheese part, which mm -hmm. it's like the better ratio of a cheesecake for me, and so I quite enjoy it. Yeah. I think if you really like cheesecake when you like the 
the cake part, you mm-hmm. might be a little disappointed. The flavors are there, though. Yeah. They they do know flavors. And this level of cream cheese frosting doesn't bug me too much. Mm-hmm. I, you, weirdly opposites, because I don't mind cheesecake, but I don't really like cream cheese frosting. Mm-hmm. It's too sugary for me. Cheesecake is, like, just tart enough that I kind of came around to liking it. It's a fun time we have. This is why we both review the cookies. That's true. We're gonna but have also they're delicious. You want to try this one? That's that's just the same as the chocolate chip, but with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with pink and red M and M's. That's right. They're M and M's. Are yeah. they branded as M and M's, or uh-huh. do they use? Okay, it is branded as M and M's. Featuring M and M's. Featuring M and M's. Mm-hmm. I like it better than chocolate chip. Do you really? Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> I just like M&M's. And I like M&M's. <laughs> yeah. It tastes like an M&M chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. But genuinely tasty. Mm-hmm. I think like this one, the pink and red M&M's do more for the aesthetic of this cookie than the yeah. sprinkles do for the sugar cookie. So they're in that bigger. sense, they're bigger. And like, it makes it look a bit more festive for Valentine's Day. It is absolutely just an M&M cookie, but... The cheesecake one... It's like the only one not on brand for Valentine's. What about this one? Chocolate's always on brand. Oh, okay. I feel like people eat cheesecake on Valentine's Day. Do you know what I would have expected, though? Rose. I would have expected, like... I the- work in a florist shop. Roses. I... That's fair. <laughs> I, I think they could have done something very cool with the rose cookie, but they mm-hmm. tend to... I will say, Crumble Cookies stays fairly safe with the flavors, mm-hmm. um, which is fine for me. Sometimes... They had a peanut butter and jelly one. That was pretty out there, but, like, compared to, like, ice cream places, like Salt and Straw, mm-hmm. it'll be, like, black pepper mm-hmm. in ice cream. There's, it's all it's all still generally sweets. Like the ones that they branch out with are still fairly like safe, which is delicious. yeah, which is really good. I love the cornbread one. Encourage them to take risks. Six is a lot of cookies. Let's go. I know it's so many. Sticky or fruit? I don't know. Let's do sticky. Okay. Oh, you grabbed a tiny one. I'm I did. There's two tiny, tiny ones. Tiny one. There should be four, right? But I wanted a sticky one. There were some regrets in this choice. Oh God! It's very sticky. Oh no! Delicious. Oh, do you really like this one? I don't... This one does not do it for me. I like their chocolate cookies. I know, you do. There's rarely a time where I'm like, oh, man. With a chocolate cookie. I like the chocolate cookies too, but it feels almost too, like, fluffy. No. And the caramel glaze isn't really hitting for me. But I'm I glad you like it. it. <laughs> Like, you can't really t- it doesn't taste like, like a hit of caramel. But it's fine. I'm glad that you really like it. Yeah. I like it. Anyway. But all the caramel slipped over here. It's true. And Half I grabbed of one of the ones with the off. slippy So caramel. we are recording this, full disclosure, <laughs> on a Sunday, and we weren't going to be able to get fresh crumble cookies because the other <laughs> closed. Which I respect. Take the yeah. day. But... We need to get them beforehand, so it's had the entire night to have the caramel just slowly <laughs> slide off. Which, side note, you guys say caramel or caramel? Because that's one of, like, the biggest debates that I've ever come across. Really? The biggest debate I've ever come across is, is water wet? Oh, yeah. That is a big one. <laughs> I think I used to say yes. I, do, I don't agree now. I, I think it can't be because it is the thing that it is. But... 
That's fair. Okay. Mm, this is absolutely my favorite. I knew it would be. Yeah. I knew it would be. The fruit! It's the fruit! It's the fruit. It's the fruit for two of us. Fruits. That's what this whole episode is about. It's fruit. about being a little fruity. So it fruit. makes sense that the fruit is the winner. The fruit is the winner. That is just such a delicious... Is it, did you say strawberry or raspberry? Strawberry. It's, yeah, strawberry flavor. It is mm-hmm. so powerful. It's It pairs perfectly with the chocolate, I think. It's a great combination. Mm. Delectable! I love it. Okay. Strawberry wins. Mm-hmm. No contest. Caramel is second for me. Mm, okay. Um... Mm, M&M is three. Cheesecake is four because mm. it's original. And I do enjoy an original. Chocolate chip is five. Um, confetti is last. Sorry, confetti. Sorry, confetti. There wasn't any, <laughs> ain't anything special about you. Because I think it is still last for me as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, last place for me is confetti. Second to last place is chocolate caramel. I don't know why that one did not hit for me. Wow, you knocked that one down. Okay. I did. I did not That's care good. for it. All right. I actually like the flavor of the regular chocolate chip a little bit better than the M&M one. So M&M is fourth. Chocolate chip is third. They're very, very close because they're mm-hmm. very similar they're very cookies. Similar. And I do like the look that the M&M's give. I do. The M&M chocolate chips. So I gotta give credit there. Cheesecake is second. I don't even like cheese. <laughs> I don't be liking cheesecake like that, but they do a good job with the cookie. I yeah, was tasting. I, I agree. The only thing that I would have added to it is maybe do that little, like, strawberry glaze thing, you know, where mm, they have, like, oh, yeah, the glazy strawberries like... on the top of the cake. I mm. feel like that would have been really nice, but yeah. it's okay. It still was a good cookie. And then, of course, the number oh, one yeah. strawberry chocolate. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So no good. Fruit! <laughs> All of the fruit flavors. That's, I just want, I, I, if you're listening, Rumble Cookies, please just one week All give the, the option of a lineup of oh just, like, gosh. all the fruit flavor cookies. All the fruit. And cornbread. <laughs> and cornbread. On the side. Fruit with um, the side of cornbread. Fruit with the side of cornbread. <laughs> That's my ideal meal. Anyway... Thank you Yay. all so much. We're gonna we're gonna clean uh, up and yeah, clean up and move on to the next episode. Part of our episode. Yay! All right. Bye. Bye. Kind of. Kind of. We'll be back in like three seconds. Seconds. Hey. Right. Hey. Hey y'all. Hello. We're back. Welcome back. Um, we are now going to launch into our episode after having reviewed those wonderful cookies. Thank you, yeah. Crumble Cookies. Are we launching this into episode. our episode, or did you want to tell me about your week? I want to tell you about my week. So the first part of the episode, of course, is the check-in. <laughs> if we have any self-promotional pieces, not too much. Uh, my show opens in, like, two weeks? So, so. Yeah, two weeks. My you should show come. closed. Your show closed. Yep. Yep. Just, uh, well, today, but (laughs) but yesterday, for anyone who's listening tomorrow, try to work that out in your brain. (laughs) Um, my show goes up on March 3rd, so in a couple weeks, and I will try to come back at you with days, uh, when we're having talkbacks, because I think that if you go, you should go on a night with a talkback. I think that's going to be... A really interesting experience. I want to get a lot of perspectives in the room uh, while we're doing that. So um, that is my self-promotional update. And then my my PSA to everybody <laughs> is 
stop buying expensive skincare. I mean, do what you want to do. I'm still probably going to buy some expensive skincare because that is just uh, who I am as a person. However, I, I'm going to get a visual aid right now for the video that's running. But for everybody on audio... I have found some incredible products at Trader Joe's right under my nose the entire time. Yeah, you go to Trader Joe's all the time. I go to Trader Joe's all the time. I've never checked in their, like, personal care section. This is a hydrating gel moisturizer with aloe and green tea extract. It's got all of the, like, hydrating ingredients. It's, like, it's got a, I think it's, it's not a dimethicone base, but, like, glycerin base. And then it has, has, uh, birch leaf extract and squalane and coconut fruit extract and, like, Green, this is the green tea that they say on the front, green tea extract, and then obviously uh, sodium hyaluronate, which is the, the hyaluronic acid that's found in most moisturizers. It's great stuff. You get 2.5 fluid ounces of it, which most moisturizers are 1.7, and it's like $9. And they also have a sunscreen. If anyone out there uses super goop facial sunscreen, like the super goop. Is that the snail one? No. Okay. Snail stuff is different. That's actually not also that expensive. That's um, Cosrx, and they have a snail mucin line that I really love. Terrible. But it, yeah, to each their own. It works really, really well at hydrating <laughs> my skin. Do you guys see this glow right now? It's snails. So, <laughs> anyway, um, I highly recommend these Trader Joe's products. The Super Goop sunscreen is really great, but it's like $40 for a tiny little tube of it. Terrible. The one at Trader Joe's is 9 it's nine Wait, and it's the same, the same stuff? Basically. Whoa. It's the same texture. It's basically like a primer texture where like it's it goes on the skin and it smooths and it like fills in pores and everything. Mm. Um, but it's like sweat resistant, water resistant up to like I think 80 minutes or something like that. So you want to reapply. But it's great stuff. And I would be remiss if I kept it a secret for myself. So go out and get yourself some Trader Joe's skincare. It's great stuff. Nice. Anyway. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about queer baiting. Yeah, queer baiting. Um, here I pulled up the definition for you. So I'm make here's you read it the thing. I'm bad at reading with Grace and Carly. With Grace and Carly. Queer baiting, by definition, is the incorporation of apparently gay or same gay characters or same sex relationships into a film, television show, etc., as a means of appealing to gay and bisexual audiences while maintaining ambiguity about the character's sexuality. Um, I think the important thing is that etc. That is what we are going to Yes, expand the etc. is what we need to talk about because, because this is the gray area. So the Grammys happened, what, last week, two weeks ago? I, no I think it was... Time is fake. Time is fake. I and feel I've like it text, was last so. week, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Time. Yeah. Anyways, the Grammys happened. <laughs> it happened. Um, and it brought up questions once again surrounding Harry Styles and his sexuality um, and whether or not he is queer baiting. And I think it's important to have a conversation about what queer baiting is kind of talk about whether that definition should be expanded or not. And if a person even can queer bait versus like, can a brand is a brand queer baiting? Yeah. So are people big enough to be brands? Exactly. Can a person, <laughs> can a person queer bait from their brand? Like, cause of course, so, so, actually, let me go back a little bit. When we asked okay. our audience on Instagram about this, 
Um, everyone was resolute. Brands can queer bait. Yeah. Which makes sense. That's generally who is. It's it's oftentimes media companies <laughs> through <laughs> Yes. <laughs> through their media that's queer baiting, just because I think queer baiting generally works most effectively through a narrative storyline. Um, I, there have been some brands who have toyed with it as well in like advertisements, Calvin Klein being one of them, but it's, it's a little clunky. It works better, I think, because it's kind of long form, right? Yeah. It's, it's giving the audience hope that maybe it's, yeah. And it's the storylines, characters exactly that like aren't real most of the time yes it is a story that being said we use the term brand for that because they are they are using queerness to capitalize and make money off of queer people while basically having their cake and eating it too not overtly having the characters come out and cause other people to maybe pull their money and yes i think the perfect example there's a lot of good examples in media a lot of people talk about holmes and watson and sherlock that's a fairly good example um dean and castiel in uh supernatural is huge as an example but i think personally (laughs) it's to explain (laughs) how companies capitalize off of it and and kind of have one foot on either side of the line what we belovedly call Calamari by your name. Calamari by uh, your name. <laughs> also known as Disney's Luca. <laughs> is a really good example of a film that is clearly an allusion to coming out. Um, Just like so much. It's It's almost hard to explain the ways in which the movie is... You're like, is that because it just is, it is that? that? But no, they do not say that, like verbatim words of that's what it is. But exactly. That's what it is. The whole journey is about this kid coming to terms with recognizing that he's different from the rest of his family, exploring a new world that his family has told him not to be a part of, mm-hmm. and developing this relationship with this other person. Who is also a boy? Um, but it's, again, it's a bit more of a metaphor, but it's just a very obvious metaphor. And then there's a moment at the end, I think, where it has... The old ladies! The old ladies! That's like, also what kicked it over the The two edge. old ladies standing next to each other, and they it's, it's the, they happen to also be fish people, too, right? Yeah. Yes. So yes, Luca so- is a little fish boy, but he is a... He's... <laughs> A human when he comes on land, basically when, when he dries off, it's wet. like it's like H two O just had water. Um, <laughs> so then you find out at the end of the movie that there are the, the, these two women who are standing next to each other, clearly like to- together. Not, I mean, the movie does not specify that they're, they're together, together romantically, together. but what you what you realize is that they are they've actually been fish people, fish people all along. <laughs> living in a in a way that they wouldn't be discovered so it's very obvious or or at least very coded um especially for a queer audience it was so clear right off the bat um disney still maintains that that's not what it's about that it's just about being accepted in general um and then like you know developing your own sense of identity in general yeah, because um, they have to have one foot in the... Yeah, we support gay people, and you should watch our films and give us money. And I think this and is... one foot in the... No, they're not gay. Disney, we could probably do a whole episode about this, we but could. Disney 
uh, serves its, I think, primarily Chinese audience because we get a lot of, or Disney gets a lot of money yeah. from China. Um, and China will absolutely ban that film. They might even ban the company if that if it was said that that film is directly about queer people. So yeah. I, that is, it's the clearest example of like, no, this company, this company will hint as hard as they possibly can that this is a queer story, but they will never say it and they will never make it obvious because they will lose so much money for that. Which is, I think, why things like Thor Ragnarok, they kept saying like, oh, this is going to be super gay. And then <laughs> it was barely at all and you could oh, hardly no, notice I don't it. Watch Thor. <laughs> um, I don't even remember. I fell asleep during Thor Ragnarok. I'm so sorry. I love Taika Waititi, but that movie was not a hit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I expected it to be really gay, and it wasn't at all. Mm. Um, probably not his fault, but a bummer. I could just watch <laughs> Our Flag Means Death, which is you very gay and very interesting. Watch Our Flag Means Death. So, I think what we come to today is our audience was very resolute in that a brand could quit rape. Yeah. Um, and much more divided on whether an individual person can. And this is where, we don't have an answer for you. Yeah. This is this a episode. discussion. This is a discussion where we're kind of just bringing out all of the, all of the examples and just kind of reckoning with them. Because I think the, the arguments are, of course, on the side of a person can't queer bait, everyone's sexuality is their own. And also, sexuality is fluid. So it's yeah. not the same thing as, like, hinting that you might be a different race than you are or saying, like, oh, I might be, like, part Indian princess, which is terrible. But at the same time, you with that, you are or you aren't. Mm -hmm. And queerness is such a spectrum and it's so fluid. And it's such a journey. And it's too. a journey. And like, so you can't. Sometimes you don't. You don't know. <laughs> exactly. I like both me and Carly did not know that we were queer people. This actually yeah. brings up a good point. Like we didn't know that we were queer people until later in life, me quite a bit later in life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, like I, I would have been, I would have felt pigeonholed in that period of my life where I was kind of exploring, but like there were things that I said that I mean, you could say that I was queer baiting as a person when I was like, I don't know. I'm like 15% gay. I really think Kristen Stewart is hot in that Charlie's angels movie. And like I saying that to my friends, I'm like, based on the definitions that we talk about with people queer baiting, that could, somebody could have said that about me if I still was identifying as straight, but that was just, that was part of my journey to bisexuality. Yeah. And, it's an I mean, interesting thing to think about. I I I did She Kills Monsters playing yeah. a gay uh part, a gay woman. And so I was Yeah. I I was like, do I what what? Right. <laughs> and like I was pretty I was in college, but like I didn't date anyone or think about romance literally at all in high school. So mm -hmm. I was like at the same time starting to have like my first relationship as well and then yeah. also kissing a woman on stage and being like I'm so confused <laughs> like all the time yep. and like do I get to play this role or do I not get to play should this I role know it because and the end like I, I am queer so like and sometimes it's just a journey like <laughs> that experience is an important part of learning about and exploring your sexuality yeah and if to to yank that from any person that might be on a different 
level of discovery. That's something that I I don't think is quite fair. Mm -hmm. And also, like, we felt, we talked about this before we started this episode, we felt that in some ways it was important for us to explain that we are both queer people before we fully launch into this subject so that we can establish some expertise in the subject and some some um personal personal stake but also like i i'm trying to find the word for like we're allowed to talk about this yeah but that even then you're like well why do we have to explain our sexuality Mm -hmm. in order to talk about this subject like that's a very personal thing it's something that that we will like both of us not hopefully not too much hopefully the listeners of our podcast you know already know but like putting that out into the world does open yourself up to judgment to reactions from other people that Mm -hmm. might be averse and and it's kind of a shame that we would have to do that just to converse on the subject at the same time it is important, I think, to get queer people's opinions on this subject. Yeah. Because it is such it's, an inherently queer issue. And it's, it's yeah, it's your community. It's yeah. like, how are you being affected by what people are putting out to there? And, I mean, the I think that queerness is so, so vast. And mm-hmm. it's lovely and wonderful. But then every person is going to interact with it a little bit differently. Yeah. And that's the same with so many other things. Like... Like, uh, different, uh, disabled, disabilities, disabilities, that's what I was trying to find. Disabilities and things like that. Everything is so different that everyone's going to interact with it a little bit different. Yeah. And so it's good to get a variety of people's opinions on things. Exactly. And that's why this isn't an answer. This is a conversation. Exactly. Because this is our two opinions and thoughts, but not an answer. A good majority of the people who responded to this question on our Instagram do identify as queer. Mm -hmm. And there were vastly different opinions amongst yeah. those people, um, and so it. I it, I figured it's just time to time, time to talk to about, about it. Because so, yeah, I don't I don't want to hang anyone out to dry prematurely. I think that I have a propensity to. <laughs> throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and I, I tend to be harder, especially on public figures. Are you probably the hardest person on public figures that I know? <laughs> I'm, and and specifically on people that I, I care about and I like. I hold them to extremely high standards. It's true. And I will, I'll, I will... Cut out, I don't know, This it's probably because my favorite TV show growing up was The Cosby Show, and I had to learn how to cut that out real quick. <laughs> um, I I have extremely high standards for the people that I engage, or the media that I engage with. Um, but I do think that sometimes I miss the opportunity for nuance because of that. I, th- I think about this, especially with Taylor Swift, I, I think at yeah. least three times a day, every single day. <laughs> Because I really like her as an artist. I think her music is incredible. And I think her as a person is fascinating. And I I think she's done incredible things in her life. (laughs) And I also think she has utilized her privilege in problematic ways. And that she cannot escape her white womanhood. And... Grace's relationship with Taylor Swift is fascinating to watch. Um, Especially coming, like... I, Grace is over here being like, mm, 
ha, and I'm over here like, yes, Taylor, I love you. (laughs) I have complicated feelings about her, and she comes up a lot in this queerbaiting conversation. I think there's kind of, so in terms of the question, can a person queerbait, right now, I can think of, I'm going to throw one at you that I didn't say before, I can think of four examples in the media that have been talked about and and they're all slightly different and i don't know i don't know how to feel about them and this is i think again this is just what we need to talk about it's taylor swift is one of them harry styles and harry styles is definitely another um kit connor is the biggest example of people accusing him of queerbaiting to the point where he came out as bisexual in a way that he didn't want to um, and then the other one is Joshua Bassett. Oh. I don't, I feel, I don't know. I feel some type of way. Cause like, I love my girl, Joshua, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, and I just, Olivia Rodrigo I want to jump right? on the bandwagon <laughs> of like, ah, argur, Joshua Bassett, but I'm also 26. So I can't really do that. Cause he's Cause like, he's, the he's like 20 years old. And I'm like, I can't pile on. You're 20 years old. You're allowed to make mistakes. I need to be a grown up. Wait. And What was his deal? He made a video talking, I think, something about, like, Harry Styles is really hot or something like that. And people talked about it like, oh, this was him coming out as bisexual. But then he didn't necessarily confirm or deny that. Mm. It was kind of just post the whole Olivia Rodrigo thing. It was, I remember it being something that was in the news cycle. We talked about it when we were going to Taylor Tomlinson in Spokane. And so... It was kind of right after he was just being torched on that album. Um, <laughs> and I remember saying, but I looking back, I'm like, I don't think it was fair. Totally. I, but then again, I don't know that I'm actually wrong. It's like, I, it feels like the timing is just really convenient on this. Like, Stop yelling at me. <laughs> he needs something to distract from him being a jerk to Olivia Rodrigo. So why doesn't he just like maybe come out as bisexual. <laughs> and I don't know that that's entirely fair. Yeah. But I also don't know that it's wrong. I just <laughs> think my speculation on it and judging him to be like a bad person because yeah. of it isn't fair. He's young. That one feels... He's allowed to not know his sexuality yeah. at 20 years old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I I didn't know. I didn't know it. I had hit 20. I didn't know. So no, I that know. wasn't fair to say, but it is, he's a good bridge, I think, between he is Kit kind of Connor a, yeah. and Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. Because I think, I think Kit Connor was not queer baiting. No. And the fact that people accused him of it is part of why we need to have this conversation because he experienced actual harm because people said that he was queer baiting and it was not fair. I do think, though, that there is a difference and we have to understand the nuance between what happened to Kit Connor, maybe in the middle where what happened with Joshua Bassett and then Harry Styles and Taylor Swift. And that is not me saying Harry Styles and Taylor Swift are queer baiting. They're awful. They're terrible. They need to stop doing it. But they're different. But they're different because, yeah, so Kate Connor was playing a gay a character, character. A bisexual character um, um, on a TV on show. On a TV show. And so then that that is a whole conversation in and of itself, which could 
again, be another episode is like, yeah. who's allowed to play what parts? Yeah. Like, in theater, again, in media, and queerness makes it complex because it's fluid. Yeah. Because you may not identify a certain way when you make this content, but then later in life you may come to be of that identity and or, like, vice versa. Yeah. And I just, I think there's nuance to it, as there is with most things, because I, as a queer person, don't really have a problem personally. This is all personal. Yeah. And people can fight me for it, whatever. (laughs) But in my personal opinion, I don't have a problem with people who are currently straight, who are not, who are, they're, that's what their title is at the moment, playing mm-hmm. queer characters, if they play them honestly. Yeah. If they play them as cartoons, as they, if they play them as, like, ridiculous stereotypes, I'll, I'll have an issue with that, because I was like, this is not yours to, like, poke fun of. Right. And make fun of. But, like, if you're, if you're just truly and honestly playing this, like, a human being with feelings for another human being... I probably won't have a problem with it. Yeah. And I wouldn't call that queer baiting. I would call that you were playing a part. And then the question is, because that also gets a tiny bit blurry in terms of like writing of characters. It's yeah. like it's not always the actor's decision what's on the page. Yeah. For example, in the and like, is it always a problem to have a stereotypical representation of a queer person, or is it just problematic when that's being played by a straight person? Because like you mm-hmm. look at the prom with James Corden, yeah. where he's he is a straight man playing a really, really stereotypical version of a gay character, and yeah. that really rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah. Rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I didn't actually watch it. It's not that great. I don't like the prom. I think it's kind of trite. <laughs> but a lot of people love it, and that's wonderful. I think there were decent things about the movie. It was just a bummer. There's so many other actors who could play that character who are queer people. And because... I think that one is tough because it is such a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Or like like the character in Legally Blonde, which is already kind of problematic, but the like gay and European guy. I'm like, I don't want a straight guy playing that character. That no. sounds like a problem. Um Right, but it's so tiny. It is tiny. To some degree, it doesn't matter. To it some degree, really it's like, well, that's kind of a problem it's no kind matter of just how you swing it, and it's like a five problem minutes. So. Song. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's there's there's this weird line of like, and again, this is a whole other podcast, but like, yeah. where, where does the blame lie? When can you accept a character mm-hmm. as a straight person? When can you accept a character that is gay? And play them honestly. And mm-hmm. when can you not? Yeah. Um, but. Interesting conversation. With Harry Styles and Taylor Swift. Actually, that kind of applies to Harry Styles in him doing the My Policeman movie. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. I don't actually see the act of him being in My Policeman as queer mating. Yeah. I think the way he engaged with the movie it caused us to ask a lot of questions and this is where I don't know if it's fair to ask these but it's I feel like we are in a we have like the bull by the horns situation mm-hmm. of like or or like we both uh, like I'm I'm staring <laughs> at the artist with like with like a dagger at their neck and they've got a sword at my <laughs> stomach yeah. of like I don't want you to have to come out. Yeah. (laughs) 
But if you aren't gay and you're doing this, you are capitalizing on someone's very real identity that they have probably struggled to accept and exist in. And that, I think that's the problem that's the right there. That's the crux of this is like, thing right there. The, is no one should be It's forced. the catch-22. It's like, we got you in the... And it's I'm like, ugh, I don't, I don't want you to have to come out. But you're making a lot of money on this community. And that's yeah. where the question of when does a person become a brand come in. Kit Connor, as a brand, is not making any money by people wondering about his sexuality. He was just, he happened to be on a show where he was playing a queer character. There's, of course, going to be probably a little bit of speculation, but Kit Connor is an actor. He's not really a brand in and of himself. Maybe a tiny bit now. There are some people. Like, there are some actors that are brands. Absolutely. Mary Street and, yeah. and Johnny Depp. I Johnny like Depp especially. Those guys are, they've become brands. Yeah. But like, this little guy on this little TV show, it's, not a brand. He's not a brand. He's not, he is not making money off of an obvious or presumed identity. Yeah. And that is important to note. Like, pressure to have Kit Connor come out is not fair. He's young. There's no reason he should have to state his sexuality for anybody. Um, And I think that, again, that just goes along, like, further along the question. And and maybe we'll have another episode of the podcast about this, about whether queer actors or whether straight actors can play queer characters. Like, that's another conversation in and of itself. But there's no reason to have forced this person out of the closet. They're not... They're not capitalizing off of the queer community without making a real commitment and and putting anything at risk. I think... Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. And this is where it gets complicated because these people are still people. And at a very simplistic level, they do still deserve the same level of privacy that Kit Connor does. The same level of of time and space for exploration. <laughs> but they both have found very, they've found ways of making their presumed sexuality lucrative. And this mm-hmm. is something that Harry Styles, I know a little bit less about, but I, we spend a lot of time talking about Taylor Swift. We do. He's, I'm wearing a Taylor Swift shirt. I'm Harry very Styles. Excited. Team Taylor Swift. I'm wearing a bleacher shirt because I don't have a Taylor Swift shirt. But this is her best friend's band, and Woo! I thought that was close enough. <laughs> so, I think with Harry Styles, there's just some, there's some obvious cues. Obviously, he wears outfits that are traditionally considered feminine. He's worn dresses. Which isn't necessarily the problem. Like, it's no, not. You can wear whatever you want. It's just... I think that also he has not necessarily shown up for the queer community in any kind of like concrete and substantial way. Mm. I actually think Taylor Swift has an edge over him in that sense. Where yeah. like I think Taylor Swift has done more to like tangibly support mm-hmm. the queer community. Yeah. Than Harry Styles. You can point to a few actual examples. Now yeah. a lot of the queer community was not a fan of you need to calm down for reasons that we'll get into in a second. Um but wasn't that her coming in when she's <laughs> We don't know. And <laughs> we that don't know. is That's the, the question. Problem. That's the problem. But again, she's wearing a does she, wig. Does she owe us that? 
especially since she has made it very clear her perspective on the LGBTQ community in she general. She's very, yeah. She's very supportive. Very supportive. Having said, like, there's still a whole sect of her fan group that gets whipped into a frenzy that buys a lot of her merchandise because of this idea that she's secretly a queer person. Gaylor! There's a whole conspiracy theory about it. And and Grace has fallen down. I have fallen down the Gaylor conspiracy. What I what I was saying to Carly earlier is that if she is if she's not actually a queer person, she is diabolical. (laughs) Like she the level to which she's dropped hints. Some of them just I think plain and simply cannot be by accident. There are some yeah. things that you couldn't do accidentally. Yeah. Like in her documentary. When she yes. about the music video me. So one of the things that, and this is, I think, something that not everybody who has been talking about the queer baiting knows when we're talking about Taylor Swift. And I maybe we should have gotten a Harry Styles expert on here to talk about that because probably. he probably has some things that are similar of like cues that lead his mm. fan base, especially his queer fan base to think that he's one of them. Taylor Swift has a few moments that just it's, it is again, it's that, that sort of headlock that like, <laughs> that like, I've got a knife at your throat. You've got a sword at my stomach of like, you can't say that if you're not gay, but I also don't want you to have to come out just to, you know, speak and yeah. live your life. Um, it's, it's, and it's this fun, like, variety of people who think different things about Taylor Swift, yeah. too. Taylor is just very fascinating. Because um, there's people who are, like, 100%, like, Joe's a beard. He's not real. He's um, not she's real. She's super gay. And she's then there's people who are, like, women. she's barely gay. And I think, personally, I'm like, no, she is bisexual. She's happy with Joe, but, like, she is a bisexual person and then because i am a super fan um and also queer um i'm like she's given me everything i need to know Mm. to make me feel like she's like yes but i'm not going to say it and then that probably is like should you say it though and personally i'm like i know you don't care which is a fun which is what makes this conversation it's what makes this conversation (laughs) interesting because again i'm like (laughs) I don't think it's impossible for her to... I mean, songwriters are very, very good at co-opting other people's stories. There's so many people on the, on the internet that are like, Taylor Swift like couldn't... Someone was explaining the song Happiness, and they're like, she couldn't have written that about her best friend. It's too personal. <laughs> She's been doing this for 10 years. Of course she can. Yeah. Of course she can. She knows She's like every word in the English language. Very good at what she does. She's so good at what she does. She like, are you kidding me? You don't think she can write an emotional song about somebody else? She <laughs> does it all the fucking time. Like it's and so that's where I'm like, she doesn't necessarily have to be gay to write things that feel like they're from the gay perspective, especially yeah. if she is immersing herself in other queer music and queer mm-hmm. culture. Some of that is gonna rub off. Yeah. But it's things like, in the Miss Americana documentary, her saying, things that define, like, I want, she's talking about the video with Brendan Urie, and she's like, I want things that define me to, like, explode onto the screen. It's like, you know, gay pride, people in country western boots. And it's just one of those where, like, and this is where Taylor's queer 
the fans diabolical are are kind of at an impasse of like if you are that's basically confirmation like it's it's so it's so close to saying it without saying it that you're like, and she you, must it's be. It's a documentary on you. Of course, you, you chose I, to put that in there. You chose to put that in there. And I'm like, I don't want you to have to come out in kind of a formal way if you don't want to. Like, that's that's pretty close to coming out. Except that it's not outside of the realm of what a straight white woman could say in a tone-deaf manner. It's like, but it's not impossible for you to say something tone deaf. You're a human. Mm-hmm. It's possible for you to get things wrong, for you to co-opt things that aren't yours. And that's and make, money off. and make money off of it, which is what a lot of the Lover album was. Lots of queer overtones. But I mean, every album that she's come since, out with since Reputation, I, mean, yeah. I think, has been... You can loaded, find some. <laughs> loaded with with things that if you just look at them from the right lens are, I think, kind of obviously queer. Betty. Betty, Dancing With Our Hands dancing Tied. I, like, th- there's so many. And, that, like, they've just gotten more since, since Reputation. Yeah. <laughs> just a little more obvious every time. And We're- I think that... Again, I don't know where I stand with this because I I think that the biggest problem with Taylor Swift and Harry Styles is the amount of money their brand. So they are a person still, but they are also definitely brands. They are making just so much money based on who they like, based on who, who they are. Think who exactly they think they are. who people think who they, they want are. them to be, and who yeah, and they. And I don't know, this is the part that is tough for me, is I'm like, is it enough that, specifically with Taylor Swift, but maybe also with Harry Styles, like, is it enough for them to just be allies publicly and to drop hints? Is it, is that enough for me? Do I need them to come out for them to use queerness in their art and in their media? And that's the question. <sighs> and that's the question. And I'm like, it's it's a little unfair to expect a person to like lay out their entire identity verbatim just to create their art. It's just, but it's so much money, and, and think... the queer community struggles still so much. I think that yeah. that's also the hard part. Is that like. Because you, they won't come out, they are shielded from... You get to live in the best of both You get worlds. to live in the best of both worlds. You get to be shielded from the harm that is done to queer people because they're queer. I can't blame anyone for not wanting to live in that. Yeah. Especially on that level. I mean, I, granted, what Harry Styles and Taylor Swift would experience if they were to come out as queer is more than what I am ever going to experience it's as different. a queer person. I guess it's, it's different. It's different. Because um, that's not fair. Because <laughs> there's, like, a, there's a lot of like hate crimes and things that happen to just... To everyday people. Everyday it's people true. and things like that. And there's some the, of that that they would still be shielded from because, because they just automatically famous. already have a security team watching out yeah. for them everywhere they go. So like, there's some level... It's But it's different because I'm not going to lose any money... Mm-hmm. By being queer and coming out like to my flower shop job, 
Yeah. They, they're not gonna, they might care because they're interesting people. They're but they don't because I've already told them, so, like, all right. is well. Um, right. Um, so they already know. But, like, there, there's no, there's no harm in that. Like, I'm not gonna lose my job there for that. And, yeah. like, people are not gonna stop paying me. Exactly. And, like, with a music industry, you, there might be different consequences. Yeah. The landscape is entirely different. But I think that the biggest, and again, we're just trying to decide if this anger is valid and well-placed of, like, queer artists who have put their lives on the line to be who they are. Yeah. Feeling like they fought so hard. I mean, Billy Porter is one of them. Billy Mm -hmm. Porter's been on the forefront of being a a queer man wearing gender non-conforming maybe non-binary person actually I should know that um but in any case being essentially what Harry Styles is and does but being openly queer and especially as a black queer person he has he has suffered a lot for that. Mm-hmm. He is, he's put a lot on the line. He's had to fight very hard for his place in the media while holding that identity. And mm-hmm. I think what really rubs the queer community wrong about these people is that they are, they are profiting mm-hmm. off of that queer identity. Off the ambiguity. Off the ambiguity. Which then comes back to the, the base... The, the definition, uh, it's the ambiguity of it. It is. But it's the et cetera part that, like... It's the et cetera part that is the what? question, because of course <laughs> media companies specifically can queerbait. Yeah. Of course television shows can queerbait. And I think someone... I was watching a TikTok the other day that was kind of explaining that it's like... that's It's very obvious and easy to say that television and, and, and movies can queerbait, because the characters' sexualities are fixed... Mm-hmm. Even if they're fluid in the story, yeah. they're fixed within that time stamp. Like, yes, they're at that point. fictional characters. They you happen outside like... of the, at the realm of reality. They are not subject to change. They are the way they are in that piece of media. Yeah. They're not real. They're... <laughs> and so the ambiguity is never, unless, of course, and shows have self-corrected this, mm. where, like, unless, of course, the show is still running and yeah. they adjust to make it overtly to yeah. make a character overtly gay as opposed to is that what happened in gay. um the bubblegum one the bubblegum one the bubblegum never mind the bubblegum one what are you talking about uh, adventure time oh yes yes and also it's both of these shows kind of half-assed it but but they did finally make something overt that was very very present the entire time and they capitalized off of in adventure time and princess bubblegum is who you're thinking of um i was close and in uh legend of korra as well was a big one that there was there was some queer baiting happening and they finally but it was half-assed the the queerness at the end which was the same thing with supernatural is like we did it we they they're gay and i'm like but they're not nothing happened like (laughs) that was not overt you guys i want to see them make out ambiguity yeah so shows can, if they're still running, they can fix that. Yeah. But of course, once a piece of art is like the pen is is lifted, 
then that character is that character. They're no longer fluid. Whereas a person always has the potential mm-hmm. to become something that they are not currently or begin to identify as something that they didn't before. Mm-hmm. So that is, of course, the question is like, is it fair ever to ask anyone to come out because everyone's sexuality to a certain degree is fluid? Yeah. But again, it's where capitalism muddies the water. So I'm like, yeah, if we didn't have to worry and think about where this money is coming from, and if it is coming at the expense of the queer community without much of anything really being put back into it. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, the other thing is that, like, how much of the money that Taylor Swift and Harry Styles make on their perceived queerness Mm -hmm. actually goes back in meaningful ways into the queer community. Because when an artist is actually queer, the money can just go to that artist. And then the bigger that artist gets, the more positive representation we have of the queer community in the media. Mm -hmm. It's it's less complicated how that money circulates. It's like it doesn't have to go back to any other person in the queer community at all. It's going directly to someone in the queer community. So, Mm -hmm. like, that's great. It's... And again, this is where I think Taylor Swift has a slight edge over Harry Styles. But even then, I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of playing off of a perceived sexuality and not overtly a lot of money being funneled back into the queer community. No. Again, unless she is actually that identity, and then I don't know. I, don't I think know. I think it makes I, my brain hurt after a while because I feel like I'm running in circles. Time. It does. Because I think I answered, um, on our podcast page, I answered the question, can a person queer bait? Mm-hmm. And I think I said yes. Mm-hmm. But I think my answer is no. Yeah. I think a person... A person, a person can't queer bait. cannot queer bait. But a person can be a brand. A brand as well. They are still a person. They are still a person. That doesn't that doesn't negate your personality. Like your, person- your personhood. Hood. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. You, it does not negate your personhood. But you do you are now stuck in this gray line where you are both a person and a brand. And now you are that sucks, man. <laughs> like I, don't, I mean it doesn't. They're living great lives. But um I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that for myself, but at the yeah. same time it's that again, it's that catch twenty two of like, well, you get a lot of fucking money though, and you take your private jet on trips <laughs> every, every day. single day. So <laughs> like maybe you Yikes. do owe us if not if not a coming out, you may be with the amount of money that those mm. two specifically, I don't think there aren't any other examples, yeah. but I think that those are the two hot button examples are Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. At least in this household. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, then maybe that dictates that there needs to be more funneled back into the queer community. Yeah. But then even to do that would be an admission of queer baiting. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. Mm. I don't think either of those two people are ever going to admit to queer baiting. Well, I no. Think they, they're but either, at that point, you might as well just come out. That's the thing. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> at, at that point, they will probably just come out. Like, yeah. And again, I don't want to but push is... them to come out. I just... I do, like, I think a lot about how queer artists who are out struggle because of their sexuality. They struggle to gain traction because these artists are playing with this social 
understanding the social rumor about who they might be. Yeah. It feels icky to be like they need to come out or they need to stop playing to that. They should be able to explore. But again, it's it's the amount of money that is being funneled into Capitalism. these brands. <laughs> It's the amount of queer people who literally bought four versions of the same vinyl pressing because they feel seen by Taylor Swift. They gave that woman like $200 for the same ass vinyl just to put it on a wall and not listen to it. To make a clock. You could could take them out of the thing. And then it ruins the clock. Well, no, no, no. You just take them out of the thing. Right? No. But you don't don't need four of them. You don't need four of them. You just need the one of them. And that's where I thought, like, but it's on purpose with the both of them that they are trying to reach the queer community. Yeah. And they're doing it successfully. They're making a lot of money because of it. Mm, Ugh. Anyway. I I guess I should say before we we close out, because we are starting to reach time. We are. Time. I, this, because I I had someone respond to this message and, and, talk about Taylor Swift's most recent music video with the trans man as her love interest. And that I don't think factors into this conversation at all in that I think that that is an act of allyship. Taylor Swift has not, has not purported, has not baited at all that she's a trans person first and foremost. And I think that although there is room for critique of the representation of trans people in mainstream media as very cis passing um aesthetically beautiful i mean he's very beautiful he's very beautiful um which is wonderful (laughs) and also it it still falls into traditional gendered beauty standards in a lot of ways that being said that's not a problem with this person and it's not even actually a problem with taylor swift i don't think i think it's just a problem with the media in general and we need to start working on the definition of a trans person not always being what you what would be really I think kind of digestible as someone mm-hmm. who who looks like a cis male that yeah. the, but all that to say it's an entirely other issue. I don't think that that is an example of Taylor Swift's queer baiting. I think Agreed. Taylor Swift liking a Gaylor conspiracy theorist <laughs> TikTok from her personal TikTok account <laughs> is a little is queer baiting. <laughs> it's fanning the flames of these rumors without ever giving. Any that any is, confirmation? I'm like that, that's probably the most queer baby thing that she <laughs> that she's done so far. I think a lot of some of the other stuff, especially pertaining to people like Carly Claus, I look at I look at and I want to give a lot of grace to because I'm like, if that was a relationship, that would have been hard to navigate, and she was yeah. very young, and I can't necessarily, especially if she's an actual queer person but still trying to figure out like what how she exists in the world and whether it makes sense for her to come out publicly i'm like that i can't be too mad at i do look at things like the conspiracy theory videos and i'm like taylor what the fuck are you doing like (laughs) you don't have to like those videos i when we get to that point i'm like come out or don't (laughs) but don't fan the flames of conspiracy theories Just to then, <laughs> just to then shelter yourself in ambiguity. But it's, yeah. I don't even know if that's fair. It's but I look of, at that and I'm like, like, you don't no. have to like that TikTok. You, you, you don't, don't have to like, like that TikTok. No. That's pretty queer, baby. So I think that's where I land is I'm just still confused. 
Yeah. And that's, I, that was why we have this episode is like, it feels like yeah. it's something that we should start to open the conversation about. Because I feel like everybody feels in their heart like they know exactly what queer baiting is and who's doing it or who's not doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that's as cut and dry as that. I think, again, that capitalism yeah. makes it messy. And so yes, it does. that's really the extent of our conversation. We just wanted to open it up. Feel yeah. free to like message us with more thoughts on this. I, I don't think anyone who answered the questions that we put on Instagram this week are necessarily wrong. I think they're very no. important pieces of yeah. the conversation. There's no answer. There's no, there's answer. no answer. And every, and like I said at the beginning, everyone is going to interpret things differently. Yeah. And like based on the, your life experiences, like, Taylor Swift means a lot to me. And so I have a harder time being like, you're wrong. (laughs) Because she's just meant a lot to me as a person. Right. And so, like, it's... And that's that's my journey, and that's different than your journey, um, which is fun. Uh, So, like, it's just... Oh my god, we didn't even talk about Harry Styles saying that whack-ass thing about... Oh my god, do you want to read it? I do want to read it. Okay. This And I don't know that this is an example of queer baiting, but I think that this is the thing that... Maybe it is, because it's, it's again, it's the thing of, like... I'm just gonna read it. But you have to read He's, it like Harry Styles. <laughs> I'm terrible at this voice, but I'll try it. So, so much of gay sex and... I'm not even doing okay. it right. That's fine, you don't have to. Two guys going at it, and it... Nope, I'm doing an Irish accent, and it kind of removes the tenderness from it. Well, you gotta start at the beginning okay. now, because nobody knows what you said. So much of gay sex in film is two guys going at it, and it kind of removes the tenderness from it. There will be, I would imagine, some people who watch it who were very much alive during this time when it was illegal to be gay, and the director wanted to show that it's tender and loving and sensitive, which... I think that that, the only thing that that does for me, I don't know if that moment is a moment of queer baiting, but it does, it gives me pause because I'm like, would a person who's actually gay say that? (laughs) So I'm like, Harry, what the, it's a bad take whether he's gay or not. Like, even a gay person saying that, I'm like, come on. You should probably watch more of me. And I'm like, even the most mainstream films about heterosexual, not heterosexual, uh, cis white male love stories. Call me by your name. Not Calamari by your name. Well, kind of Calamari by your name. But also kind of Calamari. No, Call me by your name and, and like Brokeback Mountain are really good examples of like things that really broke into the mainstream. I'm like, what, what are you talking about two men going? And both of those films are like egregiously tender and sensitive and sappy to almost an annoying first like point it's not that neither of them have any problems like obviously call me by your name has issues in terms of the age difference between the two people but it's not like i don't get where he gets that definition and it puts me on edge because i'm like hmm it just doesn't Mm. feel it's not a really informed queer opinion that doesn't mean he's not a queer person but someone who is really dialed into their queer identity is probably not going to say something like that because they're engaging with queer media. That being said, there are lots of straight people who have a different take than that as well. It doesn't necessarily mean one thing or the other about his sexuality. It's just a weird thing to say, Harry. It's just a weird thing to say. And so... Educate yourself. And, like, it makes me slightly queasy i'm like i don't like that that's your perspective about queer media in general either you are pretending like you have watched more of it than you have or you watch it in a way that i'm like i don't love that that interpretation of queer media so 
All that to say, I don't know the answers to any of this. No. I know that I I want to simultaneously give people the time and space that they need to come out if they want to or not, if they don't want to. And also, I have concerns about where the money goes, <laughs> where the money from the queer community that yeah. queer people have worked very hard for goes when we support these artists who who have ambiguity and capitalize on that ambiguity in their sexuality. Agreed. So, anyway. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah, tell us your thoughts. We're curious Those are to ours. Know. Those are ours. There's, there's, We're uh, no closer to an answer. Um, Woo! But thanks for sitting here and listening to us uh, yeah. gab about it. Woo! All right. And we'll and see you in two weeks. It. Except, Yay. oh, Carly will. Carly was will. on this episode. I am we magically going to be in two places at once. I shall be in Disney and also here recording an episode for you guys. Yep. Magic of movies. Yeah. Right. And on that note. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast and can't get enough of Grace and Carly's hot takes, join us on our Patreon account, where we have video segments, bonus content, and every episode of the podcast completely ad-free. We have monthly memberships for $3 a month or $5 a month, and if you commit for three months, you can get an awesome sticker. Plus, we will be sure to give you a shout-out on our next episode. Head over to patreon.com forward slash so here's the thing. And help us reach our goal of 10 new subscribers this season. Setting the bar high. See you next time. Bye. Bye.